What is a monetized mindset? How does it impact your financial security? How does that help you deal with what happens when what happens happens? Welcome your host, Bart Merrill. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Monetize Your Mindset podcast. This is where we talk about creating financial security by monetizing what you already know or do. We take a deep dive into what it is you like to do. What do you need to do? What are you already doing? And we ask the question, can you monetize it? Or better yet, how can you monetize it? So that we create that financial security so that we have the resources to deal with what happens when what happens happens. Because it will happen. It's happening right now all over the world. What are we going to do about it? We have to create multiple streams of income by monetizing those things that we already know. How do you do that? I'm offering a free course right now. It's called Identify Your Ideal Side Hustle. And you can find that at sidehustle.monetizeyourmindset.com. Once again, sidehustle.monetizeyourmindset.com. If you go there, put in your information and you can get my free course on identifying your ideal side hustle. When you when you finish, you'll have a a handful of ideas that you could possibly turn into a stream of income. And when you create those, when you turn those ideas into streams of income, the average millionaire has five to seven streams of income. Now, this isn't about getting rich quick or maybe even getting rich for that matter at all. It's about creating financial security by creating multiple streams of income. And with that, let's get into today's show. Today's show, we're going to talk about insurance and insurance that you should insurances that you should have. Sometimes we think about making money and doing business and we forget some of the gaps that may come up when it comes to your liability issues. Today we have Sean McCorder with us from InsureRight Insurance Agency and he's going to talk to us about how to cover our assets. I mean, yeah, how to cover our assets or make sure there's no liability issues that we're going to be accountable for when when things go wrong. Welcome, Sean, to the Monetize Your Mindset podcast. Thanks for coming today. I appreciate the invite. So, Sean, you're in the insurance industry. What did you do before you became an insurance guy? Oh, man. So most of my adult career has been in the insurance, but prior to that, you know, working through college and things like that, I worked for UPS. So I worked within inside the building, loading the brown car, uh, package cars. Um, and then I worked for uh, Terminex International for a few for a couple of years. Right from that, that's where I made my launch into the insurance world. Why did you start insurance? Why did you do it? I kind of got suckered into it. My brother, um, his future father-in-law, we were meeting my brother at the airport coming home from his uh, mission. His girlfriend had waited for him for the two years, and and her whole family was at the airport with my family welcoming him home. My wife had gotten talking with her father and he happened to be a recruiter for um, one of the national insurance companies and started asking what I was doing and if I'd be interested in insurance. And I'd been out of college for about a year and a half, two years and and uh, hadn't really found what I wanted to do um, in life. And my wife said he might be interested. So we went out to dinner and had a ta- long talk with him and his wife 
we just, my wife and I talked about it after a while and said, let's, let's give it a shot. And it's been uh, all downhill since then. When you started, you were working for someone else? I worked for uh, one of the national captive insurance companies. And you are uh, running your own agency, per se, okay. but you're, you're aligned with that brand of gotcha. insurance. Now you're not doing that. That is correct. You're with in- InsureRight Insurance Agency. That's right. So I was in the, the captive insurance world for about seven years. And then in 2005, I had an opportunity to start my own independent um, insurance agency. And that's where we started it. You know, we st- uh, it was just me and just a one-man shop. It's grown quite a bit since then. What do you have now? How many employees do you? We have about 13, um, 13 employees so yeah, right now. Yeah, grown a lot. Yeah, we've got uh, four customer service pe- full-time customer service people. And then we have about eight full-time agents that are out uh, selling insurance. So let's get into insurance for side hustlers, for people who are doing a side business. Sure. What type of stuff do people miss? Well, I think when it comes to the to the side hustle, people are experts in their hustle. You know that that's that's their thing. Um, the insurance side of things or the risk um, that they're that they take on doing that isn't necessarily their area of expertise. And maybe there's some things that they're not considering um, when when they're trying to decide what they're going to do and, and when they actually start putting the rubber to the road. Me as I've had several different businesses, done several different side hustles. I've never had the real job thing. And I think about doing business, about making money. And I don't often realize what, you know, what liability I'm taking on with what I do. Right. So what are some of those liabilities that, I mean, it's going to be different for sure. each thing. Every, everything, every individual business is going to be unique. And that's why it's important to, but the first thing I would recommend is if you are, you know, getting ready to set up and, and, and do your own thing, um, talk to an independent insurance agent that can at least give you some ideas of, of the risks that you're taking on. Um, for example, I'll just give you an example. Um, we have a, a client that, um, he had a, his, it was definitely a part-time thing for him to begin with, but he had an opportunity to start importing, uh, light bars and things like that, that you would see put on Jeeps or on side-by-sides or things like that f- right. directly from China. Right. Okay. And he was reselling those things and he was uh, wholes- he was wholesaling them to, uh, side-by-side dealerships and things like that. And, um, he's doing quite well, but I don't think he ever took, he didn't take time at least initially to contemplate what the risks that he was he was taking on for example the most obvious is your inventory okay um, you have all you, you've imported all of these um, light bars and other electronic components um, and you've got them in storage until you can deliver them um, what happens if those get stolen or destroyed somehow okay what, where's your your financial risk there that's that's the more common one that people are going to think about but the, the bigger risk, in my mind, is if you've imported something from, say, China, because the way the laws are written, nobody can sue the manufacturer in China if there's a product liability issue. Because you've imported that, all of a sudden you have become the manufacturer for all intents and purposes. You, if something were to happen, say you put that, uh, some, that was installed on a, on a Jeep, so something went wrong with it, and it burnt the Jeep up. Who's responsible for that? 
ultimately it's going to come back to you um, on your side hustle in your little business. So you could have some pretty significant financial risk, right. much more risk than just the value of your inventory. Okay. You know, right. it could be, you know, if it's, you just destroyed a Jeep, you know, you're looking at 30, 40, $50,000, but what if somebody was in that Jeep and they died when yeah. that happened? You know, where's the liability? Where, where's the money going to come from um, to protect your financial interests. Right. Okay. So that's where something you need to consider, I think on any side hustle, um, is what risk do you, are you taking on? It's kind of sad. I, 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 I look at everything in life from a risk <laughs> point of view. My wife wants to get a trampoline at the house and I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no, because the neighbors are going to come over and the kids are going to fall off and break their leg and I'm going to get sued. Um, so it's it's a sad curse that I have to deal with, um, but um, you know, it when you're when you are looking at a business, whether it's a a very large you know international corporation or a small one man shop doing something, um, you do need to look at what the what the risk the risks that you're taking on. So one of the things that I had I had a a wrap on my truck a few years ago. This is before I even knew you. I was with another big brand company. The wrap was roughly $2,500 wrap. Mm -hmm. My car got broken into, probably because of my wrap. They thought I had cell phones in there or something like that. And they Sure. And they damaged the wrap. They took my stereo. They, they damaged some of the doors. I found out that the wrap wasn't covered because it is... An add-on. Sure, sure. That's a th- that's something I didn't know. I right. also found out that my stereo was wasn't covered because it was had a car net. I was only covered to six hundred bucks or something like that because sure. it had the car navigation on it, and it was like twelve hundred dollars back when I put it in. This is years ago when they were first coming out. Didn't realize that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so. I think we're talking about there's two different issues here that you're talking about. So on your auto insurance policy, um, when they are contemplating what the rate is going to be for a particular car, um, one of the things they look they're, they're looking at that vehicle on a stock basis, right? Okay. So any customized equipment that, or additional aftermarket equipment that you put on, whether it's this uh, a nicer radio that has a navigation system in it, um, that, that wasn't taken into, co- in, into consideration when they were calculating the rates for your particular model. Okay. So you do need, when you have those kind of add-ons, whether it's, you know, uh, in, in much better sound equipment or navigation, or, um, you've put a lift kit on your truck um, and you have customized wheels and or a camper shell or th- those types of things, the tonneau cover, all of that kind of stuff. Those aren't taken into consideration when they're when they're calculating a rate. So you do want to talk to your agent and make sure that you have customized equipment coverage um, added to your policy, so that you know if something were to happen, you would have sufficient coverage to make sure those are those items are covered. Now the wrap itself. You got two different things here going on here because um, it is a customized equipment. You know, it's 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 something there, but you're all it's also business related. And if you look at um, a personal auto insurance policy, if you get into it and read it, there are exclusions for business use. Okay, because um, it it's not contemplating that you're out there using that vehicle for a business um, on a personal auto insurance policy. 
that would be contemplated on a business insurance, a business commercial auto policy, um, but not necessarily on your personal auto. Now there are some lim- some uh, limited business use um, classifications that you can use on a vehicle, and there's a special rating for that on a personal auto insurance policy. That's usually reserved more for like uh, realtors and traveling salespeople and things like that. Um, but once you put a wrap on a vehicle. Now you've kind of entered into the realm of a commercial um, exposure. Okay, so let's get a little bit more into that because this is something that is common for side hustles. Sure. When it comes to network marketing companies or – so my rap was for a cell phone network marketing company. Sure. And it was a full rap, but it was just for advertisement of what I was doing. Right. How does that fall? Really, you need to talk to your agent on a on an individual specific basis because sometimes it just depends on the insurance company on what they'll allow on that business use exposure. Okay, some companies are going to be okay with a multi level marketing exposure on that, and some might not be. And so you want to talk to your agent, and so he can talk to the underwriter to make sure that they're going to be okay with that, and that there aren't going to be any issues at the time of a claim. That's really the, you want to just make sure that at the time of a claim, there isn't something that's going to void coverage. Gotcha. And right now I have a back window Mm -hmm. for my, it is a weight loss product that I deal in. Doesn't make me a whole lot of money. Sure. 50 to $1,000 a month, depending on the month. But I like to have it for the tax purposes. Exactly. Of my 55 cents a mile or however many miles, whatever it is per mile this year. Right. In that situation, where do I stand? I think in your particular state, it depends on the insurance company that that you're with right now. It's your um, insurance company. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk to Adam, who's work, who handles your account. But um, I think in your situation, you're going to be okay. The the tax from I'm not a I'm not a, a tax professional so I can't right. tell you um, any, anything about that but um, I'm I'm pretty sure you'd be you're going to be just fine as far as you know obviously you want to take advantage of the tax benefits of using that vehicle for business and um, taking the mileage deductions there you're you're probably not going to be able to get coverage for that um, lettering on on the window per se. Um, but I don't think you're going to have any problems with a claim being, or you know, a liability claim or property damage to your vehicle, right? Um, being being uh, covered or not. Okay, and let's go into the podcast realm. Okay, so you have podcast people. I've often thought of switching my my lettering on my back window out to my podcast lettering. Mm-hmm. Podcast could or could not make it. It the podcast itself isn't a business and doesn't make a person money. Sure. The stuff that they may promote on their podcast right. may. Right. Does that make things different or does that change anything? You know, um, from just putting your advertisement of the podcast on your vehicle, I th- and I think in most cases you're going to be okay with that. As far as the exposure on the business side of things that you might be promoting – on that, you probably want to just make sure that whatever that product or service is, that you have the adequate coverage for that. Gotcha. 
Sean and I are in BNI together for our audience to know. And he talks a lot about the cybersecurity and things that can come from that and how there is insurance to cover your business for cybersecurity. As a podcaster and a lot of side hustlers, their biggest asset is their their list that they build. They collect names and emails. Exactly. And a lot of companies collect more than that. Uh, if you're selling something, you're going to have you know something going through your your yeah, commerce gonna, account. You're going to have addresses. You're going to have credit card po- po- potentially credit card numbers. Um, yeah. They may not be stored, but they're going to run through your account, and there's going to be a trace somewhere. Sure. So talk a little bit about cybersecurity and the new world we're in. Right. So the big catchphrase out there is cyber cyber insurance, cyber protection. Really, I think that the that name is kind of uh, doesn't really get to the to the point of what that coverage is actually doing. It's really data breach protection. Okay. As a business, you have data, um, whether it's on paper in a Manila folder in a filing cabinet or whether it's digital information stored on a computer or in a cloud or, or, or anywhere like that. Now, as if you are maintaining that data, you have a responsibility to protect that data, okay? And if there's a breach in that data, whether somebody breaks into your office and steals your filing cabinet, or someone hacks your computer through a phishing scheme, or a tro- some kind of a Trojan, I'm not a I'm not a, a techie kind of person myself. I, I sell insurance. I'm not a right. I'm not a, a expert in that. But there are various ways that these criminals will get access to your data electronically. Okay, and you, as the business owner, are responsible for that and any of the damage that uh, uh, occurs from that data breach. Okay, now the first and best way to deal with this is to establish proper procedures and policies that are going to protect you from actually having that data breach. Okay. That's, that's obviously the most important thing, but what happens if you do get breached and you do now incur some penalties, fines, um, you have to pay to notify all, all of your clients that there's a potential breach and you may have to pay for, uh, credit monitoring for them for a year, things like that. How do you how do you handle that risk? Statistically speaking, it's over two thirds of businesses that suffer a data breach like this go out of business. They just can't deal with the financial burden that comes with that. Okay. Right. So a cyber liability insurance policy you can place there to help uh, alleviate the financial burden that comes from that. And you're going to find a premium for something like that. It just really depends on the type of business that that you are, the type of personally identifiable information that you maintain. You know, it's going to be more expensive, say, for a doctor who has far more sensitive information in his in his file than say, if all you have is email addresses. So you're going to find the premiums on that. Um, on your regular business insurance policy, you can usually get a an endorsement on your policy that it's going to provide some coverage. It's not the, in my, my opinion, not the best coverage that you can get because it's very limited in, in the dollar amount that it will, will provide coverage for. Um, but you, you can see that added on for, you know, 50 to a hundred, 200 bucks, um, a year on your insurance policy. That's going to provide you 25, 50, maybe a hundred thousand dollars worth of liability protection for, uh, data breach. Now, if you have a company that, um, has more data, 
that you need to protect. It's probably wise to get a standalone cyber liability insurance policy that's not not just an add-on to your normal right. business liability insurance policy. Um, those are going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, you're looking anywhere from five hundred dollars, probably at the bottom end, um, up to several thousand dollars, depending on the type of um, business that you have. Right. So, what kind of in that area? What ha- have you seen any breaches that? Have Knock on wood, issues. I have not had any of my clients have issues um, okay. with that. You know, um, but we all know of the trans. But but you hear about it. You know, I remember Experian. when Experian, yeah, Experian, the Experian breach, um, or you know, think about Target. You know, Target, Target had a breach. Um, the Marriott Corporation, you know, had a had a breach, and I actually have some friends that I know that work for the for the Marriott Corporation the weeks that they were dealing with that, those guys were run ragged. I, I mean, I could just see the, the, how much it wore them out physically and emotionally. And they're not even the owners of the business. They're just right. in management positions, working for Marriott corporation, right. doing everything that they can, that they need to do to, to, to safeguard their, their clients, find out how it happened. You know, you have in with them, it was, it was a, a state sponsored terrorist group that, hacked their system, you know? And so you're dealing with some pretty resourceful criminals out there, whether it, right. it, it can be on the national level, it can be, um, you know, somebody in a, in a, in a room in, in the, in Nigeria, um, trying to not to, do, not to, uh, <laughs> despair Nigeria or anything, but, um, we all know about the princes. It doesn't, it, it, it can be anybody that could, could hack you. Right. Okay. A big corporation has the ability to, to fight that, they have deeper pockets. Right. Um, they can they can really pull out you know all their attorneys and everything that they need to do to satisfy the, the what what the government requires them to do and to make it right with their clients. Now, a small company like you or me, um, that might not be we might not have those resources at hand um, to to be able to satisfy what needs to be done out of our operating account. Okay. And just because we're small doesn't mean we're not, it's not going to happen because one of my websites was hacked mm-hmm. probably three years ago. And luckily it was, wasn't a, the, it was just some, who knows who it was, but it was just someone playing around. They put mm-hmm. a, uh, anime picture up and they put music behind it. And at least it wasn't a dirty anime picture <laughs> and it was a, a song I liked. So. Sure. But it cost me six hundred dollars to get it cleaned up. Exactly. Yeah, and so you know the bigger ri- and that and that's a really small right um, ri- da- uh, damage that you had when we're talking about ransomware right. or you know people get get hold of your data and lock it in, in lock it down and they're not going to release it to you unless you pay the ransom. You know, and they usually don't ask for six hundred bucks. Right. Okay. Small business owners are probably the biggest risk and the easiest target um, for, for these people. Um, we we got to do our best to put up our policies and procedures and hardware and things like that um, to protect protect our businesses. But then if something does happen, it's, it's a good idea to have that cyber liability policy in place to help cover you know, whether it's the ransom or the, um, notifications and th- right. or penalties and things like that, that, yeah. that you may, you may incur. Um, cause those numbers are not insignificant. You know, you're talking thousands, tens of thousands of right. dollars. And mine was paid, not paid a ransom. It was just paid to a company to go in there and yeah. find the clean it up, clean it up. And yeah. 
I was shocked at how much it cost, but <laughs> yeah. And that was just small, you know. Exactly, exactly. So okay. um, I'm a big proponent of having a cyber liability policy. I maintain a policy for my my business, and, you know, we try and offer that to all of our clients, whether they take it or not, you know, just to cover, um, you know, we're the, the professional on the insurance side, and we have a responsibility to let our clients know that that's a risk right. that they should t- take into consideration. And uh, so we want to make sure that we've at least offered them that coverage. Well, and even lately, because of the situation we're in with the coronavirus, everybody doing Zoom, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about the, the governor or the governor's race. They were doing a, a, a virtual town hall and someone took over their Zoom and put up <laughs> dirty pictures and started screen sharing and laughing nice. in the background. And nice. So you even have people popping on Zoom and doing their little thing there. Yeah, it's amazing amazing um what people do in their spare time. I don't I really don't <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Okay, so what are some of the other issues that maybe people would overlook that you've seen? Probably the the most common thing that we see is the per, the use of their their personal vehicles in um, business. And the, and usually the biggest um, exposure that people don't even think about is delivery. You know, if they're delivering pizza or working for a restaurant that's delivering um, food, that's usually the biggest one. Or Uber or some of these other ride-sharing um, businesses, because there are some there are some significant gaps in coverage. Like I said before, on a personal auto policy, there's exclusions for business use. Um, so delivery is specifically going to be excluded on a personal auto insurance policy. Okay. Now, has that, I heard somewhere in the news, on the internet, who knows if it's true, that they've re, they have loosened the restriction on that for delivery during this time? Yes. Okay. In fact, most of the insurance companies have sent us notification just in the last week or two um, that they are going to be waiving the exclusion um, for delivery. Um Temporarily, temporarily. Okay. temporarily, it's it's just for this per, this this uh, these trying times that we find ourselves in, um, it, and you do need to. Ch- I would check with your insurance agent to make sure your policy is waiving that exclusion, and to make sure that there, it's not just a blanket release of you know waiving waiving that. Like right. they're not going to if you are working for like um, a company that is specifically delivery. That it's not going to open you up to that. Okay. It's really there to design for if you were an employee of a restaurant, that restaurant doesn't have coverage for delivery because that wasn't their 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 main thing. Um, and you happen to work for that company and they ask you to go to do some deliveries. That's what that, ex- that, that waiver of the exclusion is really aimed at. It's not gotcha. really aimed for the, the pizza delivery guy that automatically d- that's delivering all the time or the Uber or the, the Uber eats or DoorDash or those th- people that are actually doing those as their, as their side gig. Okay? Gotcha. So those people they're let's just say pizza delivery. I deliver mm-hmm. for Papa John's. Yep. Who covers that insurance? Does Papa John's cover it, or do you just need Papa to make- John's should have some coverage for that? However, you know, I remember when I was working at college, I delivered pizza for for Domino's, okay, and they asked me for proof of my my insurance. Well, guess that's fine. I can give them a copy of my insurance card, but my insurance company is not going to pay um, if I get in a car accident while I'm delivering for Domino's. It's just not gonna it's not gonna happen. If you are a full time 
delivery person, you probably should have a commercial auto insurance policy. Um, they, they might cost a little bit more than what you're paying on your personal auto insurance policy, but they're not going to be significantly more. One of my side gigs that I did that was a pretty heavy side gig is I delivered trailers nationwide, mm-hmm. camping trailers from manufacturer to dealer. Right. I was a 1099 worker for the company, so their insurance didn't cover me. Right. And I had to have a commercial policy. I think at the time it was – the one that I could get was through Progressive. Right. And it covered me when I was pulling the trailers, covered both me and my cargo. Correct. In that type of situation, you definitely need a exactly. commercial you def- policy. You definitely need a commercial policy on that one. That one would not be covered under your personal um, auto insurance policy. Yeah. And, and the nice thing is you don't have to have both policies. Um, like in your situation where you've got your own personally owned truck um, and you're pulling these trailers around, you don't have to have a personal auto insurance policy just for the times that you're driving it personally and then a commercial auto policy while you're pulling trailers. They can be rated so that they're that one policy is providing coverage for you in both situations, but it's going to have to be done from the, per, the commercial policy, not a personal. Personal is not going to provide the, the extension for the the commercial exposure. Right. But you can get, especially with progressive, for example, um, we're an agent for progressive. We can write that policy and rate it for, you know, some personal use and business use. And then you have coverage all the way around. You don't have to have two different policies, doubling your expenses, things like that. Right. So what is the risk for someone who does that? Let's talk about the risks. Okay. So somebody that's um, either in, in, using their personal pol- their personal vehicle for business use, but they but they do not have a commercial policy. Correct. Okay. The really the biggest risk is the insurance company can deny coverage um, in the in the event of a claim. Okay. Um, if they've determined that you are using your vehicle in an excluded um, manner, then they don't have to pay for the damage to your vehicle. They don't have to pay for any liability exposure that you incur. Let's say you ran through, you're pulling a travel trailer and you go through a red light and you cream a, a, a car that was going through the intersection and they turn around and sue you for half a million dollars. Your auto insurance policy is probably going to decline that cover or deny that claim because it was business use. And now you are personally liable for that, you know, half a million dollars. Right. Okay. That's, that's the risk. And how, same thing on a, whether you're doing camping or camping trailers or whether you're doing pizza delivery, it's just, they may. Right. Exactly. If they determine that you're using that vehicle for business use and there is that business use exclusion in the policy, um, they can flat out deny, deny coverage. I mean, it, it, it can go to, um, just in another example, that's not even a business exposure if you go buy a new vehicle and you forget to call your agent to tell them that you added that pol- that vehicle maybe you traded in one vehicle and got a new vehicle okay but you forgot to let your insurance agent know there's going to be some automatic coverage there for the first uh, 14 to 30 days um, for that for that new vehicle but you go I've, I had a claim where it was a year and a half had gone by the the client never told us that they got a new vehicle. Okay. Well, Junior, who happened to not be listed on the policy as well, was driving that vehicle, went through a stop sign and T-boned somebody. 
there was no coverage for them in that situation. Um, even though they were paying for insurance on the car that got traded in a year and a half ago, there was no coverage there because the policy says if you get a new vehicle, you have up to 30 days to report that to us. And so they they denied coverage on that. So I'm having a hard time here. <laughs> <laughs> what were they thinking? I I don't know. And it doesn't matter. I'm always going to be the bad guy in that situation, even though I don't have the ability to read someone's mind um, and just randomly wow. know when they bought a new vehicle. I don't know as the agent if my client is out doing something that's going to be specifically excluded from the policy. So if you are engaged in these types of activities, talk to your agent and just find out. Right. Okay. And that's what you have to say is just talk to your agent, make sure you're you're in the right situation. Exactly. You want to just make sure that whatever you're doing to make an extra buck isn't going to cost you two bucks. <laughs> okay? Exactly. Okay, I want to ask you a couple of questions that I always ask on the podcast. Okay. I should have prepared you for this, but hey, you're good I on will the fly. Wing it. What is a mistake that you've made where you've learned the most hmm. in business? You can even throw it into life if you want okay. to. But Babe Ruth was the a home run hitter, but he was also a strikeout king as well. Exactly. If we learn something from our failures, then it's not necessarily a failure. So what is something that you have, you may not even really consider it a failure. What have you learned from a mistake? Okay. You know, I like to look at things as in business, we have wins and, wins and lessons rather than wins and losses. Okay. Probably the biggest challenge for me as a business owner has been learning um, how to hire um, the right people and learning how to move on when we didn't find the right person. <laughs> okay. So one thing that I'm, I've been trying to learn myself and implement is learning how to hire slow and fire fast. You want to make sure you're getting the right person, take the time to get the right person. But if you made a mistake and you find out that you got the wrong person or the wrong person in the wrong position, that you either need to fire fast or move them to the right position fast rather than let it linger and cause problems down the road. And try and train them when they're not trainable or something exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's been my biggest challenge in business is, is, is um, making sure that we have the right people in the right place. Right. I've experienced the same thing. I had video rental stores for a while mm -hmm. back when there was such a thing. Sweet. And I would be on a business trip. I remember specifically, I was in Atlanta on a business trip, getting a little nap between meetings. The phone rings. Hey, are you going to open your store today? And it's like five o'clock. Yes, it should be open. And the guy didn't show up. And it happened several times. And we had to say, okay, you're not obviously not committed to what you're supposed to do. Right. And I probably let that linger longer than I should have. Right. I can see that. Well, you know, as a business owner, we want to, we want to be the night, we want to be a nice guy, right? right? Or a nice girl. It's hard to, you know, you, you, you develop good relationships with your, with your team. Everybody thinks that they can remedy the situation or help someone get better at their position. That's probably the, the, the worst thing that can happen for your business is that you let the wrong person be in the in the wrong position too long. And that's the hard part. 
as yeah. the business owner. Yeah. Nobody likes to do those hard, ugly things, you know? Yeah. Um, I know I don't. Um, it's not, it's my least favorite part of being a business owner is, is having to let someone correct go. someone or, um, let, let somebody go. Right. Okay. So now let's flip that question. Okay. What is one of your biggest successes and what did you learn from it? Hmm. I would have to say that my biggest success is the fact that insurance is not a get rich quick scheme. It's, it's a get rich slow um, type of an operation. But at least it's get rich. It, it, it is get rich. <laughs> <laughs> the key is being consistent and sticking to it. Okay. So many times we we in we want that flash in the pan success. We want to see we want to be able to get up and, and hit the home run, but nobody wants to deal with the strikeouts like like you're talking about with Babe Ruth. Okay. I've been in I've had my business I've been in the insurance business for twenty two years now. I re started over twice. It's really the key is 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 consistency and sticking with it, just being persistent, not giving up when things get hard. Finding ways to motivate yourself and keep working towards the goals that you've set for yourself. Finding a way to get up in the morning and, and be motivated. So um, that that's really, to me, has been the key to my success is just sticking with it and consistently um, doing what needs to be done to have the business go in the right direction. And that's key in any business. It's mm-hmm. not specific to Yeah, it's insurance. not specific to insurance is consistency and being motivated, staying motivated and making things, especially on a side hustle. If you, some people think that a side hustle is just, okay, I'm going to do something this day. And then a couple of weeks wait, late, a couple of weeks later, I'm going to do another, some more work on my business. It's not. And I think I had uh Mark Mason on, he's an internet, he's late night internet marketer. And he talked about, I think it's Michael Hyatt that says, do something every day in your business just a little bit. Even right. if it's just a little bit, it keeps that consistency flowing. Exactly. That was probably one of the biggest uh, uh, or the best advice I ever got early on in my career was from another insurance agent was every morning, ask yourself, what am I going to do today to move my agency forward? Yeah. And, you know, it it doesn't have to be getting out there and knocking on doors. It can be, what am I going to do to improve customer service? What am I going to do to uh, improve retention of my clients? What am I going to do to um, find new prospects? What am I going to do to find new referral sources? What am I going to, what am I going to do to, to keep my bank account um, looking right? Like it should, you know, what am I going to do to, for internal processes that are going to help smooth things out? If you wake up every morning and ask that question and get that, you know, what do I need to do today? That's going to help you make your list and prioritize your list of the things that you're, you have to do. Mm-hmm. Do you read much or not? I'm an audio book kind okay, of person. Okay, audio, listen, yeah. okay. What is one book or two that you have listened to that you maybe quote from the most or you suggest the most? One of the... um Audiobooks that I really like is Rhinoceros Success. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard of that. You haven't one. heard of that one? Um, I really like it because it, it really just teaches you to take the day. To, you know, when you think of a rhinoceros, 
Do rhinoc- Does a rhinoceros kind of dilly-dally through his day? No, he charges through the day. And it's a great book. It just helps you whatever task it is, whether it's getting up in the morning and taking a shower. I'm going to attack the shower like a rhinoceros would, okay? Just get in there and get it done, okay? And then you okay. just apply that, that philosophy. That, that's, that's one audiobook I really, really enjoyed was Rhinoceros Success. I uh, say this every time, but there's every time I've asked someone that question, for the most part, I actually hear one or two books each week that I've never heard of. Yeah. And well, luckily I have Audible. So yes. I can put them on there. Yes. I, 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 I discovered that book because I was in an office of a, a loan officer. And he had the statue of a rhinoceros in his in his office, and I, <laughs> I started asking him about the rhinoceros, and he he turned me on to that book. So um, I have to get that one. Yeah. I have a couple of credits right now. Yeah. So let's wrap this thing up with what would be your best advice to someone thinking about starting a side hustle? Because there's probably a lot of people right now that are thinking, "Hey, I need some extra money." Yeah. I mean, we are in some challenging times right now. And sometimes you just need to think outside the box, especially if you're like you or me, you or you or I that just we're not very good employees. Um, we have to work for ourselves, <laughs> right? My advice was to, would be to find something that you are passionate about, and then give yourself a clear roadmap of what you want to do, um, but be willing to deviate from it a little bit. You know, when you hit the challenging times, maybe you got it wrong, you, the way you had it um, mapped out in your mind wasn't quite right. Um, take time to reevaluate your map and your goals, make the course corrections. And um, the key is to make the course corrections and keep moving forward. So that's a, you, you've taken me to a place that I don't, I never, I don't think I've ever gone down this road in, in my podcast. How do you decide when to say uncle? <laughs> you go I'm, down, you go down this road yeah, and you, it's not what you thought it was. Right. Well, you have to look at your numbers. You have to look at at your 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 revenue. You have to be looking at your expenses. And there is, to me, there's a big component of of the actual hard numbers. But ultimately, for me, it's a gut feeling. That's that's ultimately what it comes down to, is looking at the facts and making that gut feeling choice decision. So you got to rely on your gut. For me, that's that's how, that's where it served I, me well. And I think most, I, I guess I shouldn't say most people because I don't know that, but I know that I've had gut feelings that have panned out, whether it would be bad or good. Mm-hmm. Um, with the video store, it was actually the edited video store. I had a couple of those clean flick stores. Mm-hmm. They didn't make me much money. Sure. I was paying my employees more than I was paying myself whenever yeah. I was in the store. Right. You know, it was like, oh, I should shut this down. Right. And then when things shut down, I probably made more money when people, when things, oh, no, I'm not going to get to go to the store. I'm going to go buy what I want, you right. know? And so. Right. Well, and and that's why I say you got to look at the numbers as well. Right. And it's a it's a, a combined decision process of looking at the hard numbers. Right. And then ultimately, you know, you've, you've got to feel good about the decision that you're making as well, whether right. it's. You know, sometimes it makes sense to pay your employees more than you're taking home. Yeah. But not always. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my thought on that. Okay. Well, Sean, I appreciate you being here today. I think insurance is something that people think about but don't think about, don't think it all the way through. Right. 
there's there's things that we just we don't know just like the having a wrap or something on my vehicle until you mention it in BNI I never thought anything about the difference between business insurance policy on a car like that right or a delivery guy I wonder how many of them really think about what they're doing and right. if there's any risk there or you know something we haven't talked about today that we may close with don't you rent out your RV I do what about in that situation? I have another friend in Texas that rents out the RV, a friend or an acquaintance that I met in Vegas that has several that they rent out. Mm-hmm. There's two ways that I've seen that you can go go on this route. Um, first, you got to know that if you're renting out um, a motorhome, this is it can be a pretty good side gig. Okay, yeah. this has been a good little good little side gig for me, and I have a few friends that you know do even better than I do. You just got to know your personal. Motorhome insurance policy is not going to provide you coverage for this. Okay, just it's just not. Um, and many up up until recently, most insurance companies didn't even want to insure you on your personal exposure um, for a motorhome if they knew you were going to go out and rent that out to someone else. It was more of an underwriting question. If you're renting it out, they just didn't want to touch it because right. because it's unexplored territory, and no insurance company wants to be the first insurance company to have to to deal with this in court. Okay? Right. But now it's they're starting to come around to it. Some of the insurance companies are willing to let you do that because um, if you're using um, a third party that lists your motorhome, they usually have an insurance policy in place, right. just like an Uber driver. When the Uber driver is driving, they have coverage from through the Uber insurance policy. Okay? Right. But there are but but the moment um, a person gets out of their car, they don't have any coverage from Uber. Um, and the Uber policy doesn't take effect until the person gets into their car. Right. Okay. There's a little gap of air of there when you have your app on um, where you're not actually carrying someone that you could have an exposure. Okay. Um, unless you get that added on to your personal auto insurance policy. Same with the, the motorhome. Once you've rented it out to someone, um, I personally use outdoorsy.com as the vehicle that I use. Um, it's just really simple, but um, they have an insurance policy that kicks in the moment that, that the renter takes the motorhome and provides the liability coverage to me um, because I'm the owner and I'm the one that's going to get sued if they run into somebody. Um, for, you know, I have million dollar coverage there. Um, and it also covers the physical damage of, of the motor home, um, gotcha. if they were to wreck it. Okay. Um, and so that is in place while, the, while it's being rented out. And then my personal, um, policy covers me when I'm using it myself or if it's in storage. Gotcha. Okay? And it's the same with, uh, there's car rental agencies as well. Yeah. You, t- you see, there's, there's the new ones where the like Turo, yeah, um, Turo, um, where you rent out your own vehicle. Um, you want to make sure that they have their coverages and just make sure you talk to your agent um, so that you know where the little gaps could be. Um, like, for, like, for example, with ride sharing, there is a gap um, in coverage there that may not be covered unless you have, and many of the insurance companies now for personal auto insurance have come out with an endorsement that you can add, and it's really inexpensive, yeah. um, that is going to provide you the coverage that you would need during that little gap of period of time that the the rideshare company's insurance policy isn't covering you, but you could be excluded on a normal um, auto insurance policy, unendorsed auto insurance policy. All right. Okay. okay. Once again, thanks, Sean, for sharing the information today. And if you are starting a side hustle or thinking about starting a side hustle, be sure and check with your agent to make sure that you are covered in the gaps that 
that you may not see. Thanks again. Very good. I appreciate it. Thank you. And till next time, go monetize it. Thanks for listening. Remember, monetize your mindset. Build financial security by monetizing what you already know so that you will always have the resources to deal with whatever happens when what happens, happens. Follow us on Facebook and at BartMerrill.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.